I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 236. And today in the show, we are here again with another Rut Radio report, getting updates from across the country on the latest whitetail activity conditions, behavior, and the tactics that are working right this very moment. Alright, and welcome to this week's episode of Wired to Haunts, Rot Radio, brought to you by Onyx. This is your host, Spencer Newharth, and on the other side of the line is Mark, who is yet again slacking, not in front of a computer, so we have <laughs> him on his cell phone. How's it going, Mark? You know, doing the best I can here, man. <laughs> I'm driving home from Montana right now. Um, I've been elk hunting over the past, well, for five days I was elk hunting, and then I've had a day and a half of meetings, and then it was right to the truck and onto the road, trying to get home, time to spend a little time with the family, and then uh, be ready for the Michigan archery opener. So uh, very excited about all of the above. Yeah, I, I don't take back the slacking thing, though. It's, uh, how, are <laughs> you, how do you feel about the Michigan opener? You will be hunting on Monday, correct? Yeah, yeah. Michigan opens on Monday. I'm really excited about it. Um, last time I checked the weather, I've been I've – been, as long as the 15-day outlook has been available, I've been checking it out. And it's pretty good as far as, like, it's not too hot. Um, it looks like we're going to have, like, just below average temperatures maybe, which is usually a great thing. The only downside is that those temperatures have been in place for a while now. So it's going to be, like, almost a week of, like, 60-degree temperatures leading up to the opener. It's not like it was really warm, and then all of a sudden we had that front hit. I think that... Usually those temperatures, I know you're not necessarily a believer on this, but uh, I feel like you get some of that best activity right when the change occurs, just after the change. There's not so much change in this situation. So I think it'll be pretty decent. Um, it definitely will be bad, uh, but I'm not looking at it as like one of those blessed cold fronts that get everything up and moving. Um, so that's my high-level thought process, at least. Yeah, a, a lot of the people that I've talked to have referenced like today 
September 26th as being one of the days to be out there because this is uh, at the beginning of that cold front. Rut Fresh, people were talking about as well that were providing reports. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, the end of this week is, is going to be pretty solid or, or people are optimistic at least for, for that cold front hunting it right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's a great time to be in the woods. You know, for people's seasons that are just opening, it's really nice because you've got the limited hunting pressure since mostly no one has been out up to this point, plus the good weather. I mean, this could be one of your better chances of the year, at least before the rut. So I'm going to the wind. I'll be hunting one of my better early season stands and uh, take a stab on the Holyfield property. And uh, if that doesn't work out, kind of back out and uh, reassess the plan but uh, opening night will be a highly anticipated evening that's for sure well i have not been hunting for a while now i think it's been over two weeks probably since i've been in a tree stand and like i said last week i'm kind of saving up those wife vacation days because i'll start burning them here as soon as we get off the phone i have an antelope hunt this weekend um and then after i get home from that it is like craziness until december i have i don't know if we've talked about this but i have nine buck tags this fall so <laughs> i i will be busy oh, once ridiculous. yeah once we hit mid-october like then through december I, I will be maximum amount of hunting so that is why i've kind of taken my foot off the gas pedal for right now i guess that's reasonable if uh, if your wife's gonna let you go chase nine buck tags down I, I suppose you could take a few weeks off on the front end to uh give her a little time and attention that's right, that's right. So on this week's episode, we talked to Dave Bechtel from Chase Nation TV in Wisconsin. Then we go to Tennessee and from Down South Hunting, it's Adam Cruz. And then we talked to Jake Gregis from Daybreak Ranch in South Dakota. And then from Louisiana Bowhunter in Louisiana is Kyler Moppert. Nice. Sounds like a great uh, diversity of characters and areas. I like that. I'm looking forward to hearing this one, especially since... Um, Especially since I'll be actually hunting now whitetails. It's been a little bit kind of like you. I've had a well, three-week break from whitetails, and that's kind of been hurt my soul. So <laughs> I'm ready to get after it. So one thing I want to bring up was that uh, Jake from South Dakota brings it up on this week's episode. He also brought it up in a rut fresh report a few weeks ago. And for me, when he, when he said this, it was kind of a light bulb moment. Um, last year... The night before I killed that big buck, which is two days from now, September 28th, the night before that, um, I had a couple younger bucks, like two and a half or three and a half year olds, come towards the, the cornfield and they bed down before they got there and they basically stayed there until evening and then got up and moved around. The next night, I, I saw it again with a younger buck that he had came out and bedded till like 30 minutes before shooting light ended and got up and went into the corn. And it was just like a really weird, um, I don't know, kind of a transition bedding that they had done right at sunset. And Jake brings that up on this week's episode too, how that's something he's seen in the past. And he's already seen it two or three times this year. And we haunt similar areas. Uh, now we're a few hundred miles apart, but when I say similar areas, I mean big agriculture. So if that's something that you've seen before, this is, uh, you know, really fascinating to me that we've both, witnesses now kind of that end of september thing uh slide into my dms i'd love to to get more reports on this same thing is that something you've ever seen mark that you've noticed uh bucks kind of going into like a, a micro bed right before sunset you know 
I'm not sure if I have. I mean, I've heard of similar stuff like that. I mean, it, it makes sense. I've seen like does fawns definitely do that. I've seen like a fawn or doe come out, feed for a little bit, and then go, <coughs> excuse me, then go back and bed like just inside the edge of the timber or the cover. Um, but I can't say I've seen bucks do that. Man, at least not off the top of my head. So that's interesting. I wonder. I'm curious what that's about. It makes. I mean, I can sort of understand it. They're going to move out, survey the situation, but they're not quite ready to go out to the wide open yet, so they're going to hold off a little bit. It's kind of like just a prolonged transitionary period. I mean, is that kind of how you're seeing it? Yeah, Jake goes into more detail on it in the episode, so you know we, we don't have to go into it too much more, but it's a, a trend that I'm fascinated in tracking. If other people have seen this too, like this bedding after the bedding before going to food. So that that's something that, uh, you know, with these late September, early October hunts, I, I'd be interested if other people witness that at all as well. Well, very interesting. I will be interested to uh, hear what he has to say about it. So uh, maybe we should shut up and uh, get our, uh, our rut reporting guest contributors on the line. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Mark. Thank you, Spencer. Before we get to our first update, let's pause for a word from our sponsors at Whitetail Properties. This week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Dave Skinner, a land specialist out of Kentucky. And Dave is going to be telling us about what to look for when buying a property with intentions of early season whitetail hunting. You know, in Kentucky, our season comes in in September. And if you're looking specifically for that early season hunt, there's a couple things to keep in mind. One, just like late season, food sources are king. Um, and there's two food sources in Kentucky that trump everything else in September. Soybeans and acorns. Um, if I'm looking to hunt specifically that early season, I want to make certain I either have soybeans on the property or adjacent to the property. Uh, more than anything, though, acorns are always number one. Uh, I want to know that there's white oak trees on the property um, because when those acorns are falling, that's where the deer will be. If you'd like to learn more and to see the properties that Dave currently has listed for sale, visit whitetailproperties.com backslash Skinner. That's S-K-I- N-N-E-R. All right, and joining us on the line first is Dave Bechtel out of Wisconsin from Chase Nation TV. Now, Dave, in Wisconsin, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say either a 5 or a 6 right now. The opening part of the season um, is extremely hot, um, higher temperatures than we normally have had. Um, so that shut down a lot of activity. And just this last week, we hit a cold front, and deer start to be on their feet. It's not super crazy right now, but um, within the last couple of days, you're starting to see some people shooting deer and a lot more activity. I mean, we've had a 20-degree difference within the last couple of weeks. It, you took advantage of that cold front, Dave. Tell us a little bit about that setup where you shot that nice whitetail. Yeah, um, it was an area that uh, had scouted a bunch next to the season and it's, it's actually pretty sweet it's a tamarack swamp with a ton of cattails ton of water that bucks up to a bean field and then has a tree lane that is just loaded with oaks so it's a perfect scenario as far as if they're in the oaks you're going to be out getting them on that tree line but if it's in a bean field you know you're right there and i was set up in a staging area right on a transition line um you know and it worked like clockwork i ended up seeing a a nice buck thought the hunt was over. And then next thing I know, um, here, this buck came. 
he came right out of the cattails um, about 10 to 15 minutes before close, and I was fortunate enough to make a good shot at him and, you know, had a 20-yard recovery. So had those oaks not been there, do you not think you would have had a chance at that deer? I personally think he was headed into the bean field. I do. Um, a lot of the oaks have dropped, and they were, they were dropping leading up to the season. I do think there's a lot of acorns on the ground right now, um, but I think he was probably working his way to those beans um, because a lot of those um, were getting hit still. You know, I do a lot of driving around at night, right before dark when I can't hunt, um, trying to get a good gauge on where I'm seeing deer, and I was still catching a lot of deer out in the bean field. Um, but with the temperatures being the way they've been, they seem to be coming through the beans, I mean, right at dark. I mean, if you're not set up within a certain range of the bed or in a staging area leading into the bean field, um, you're not seeing them. You mentioned on that hunt that you saw another buck as well. Were these two deer hanging out, or are all the bachelor groups around you broken up? They came in separate, um, completely separate. They were not running together. Um, my wife was actually hunting on the edge of another bean field not too far from me, and she had a nice encounter with a bigger buck and then had two um, other bucks that actually did come through together, but I don't necessarily think they were in the bachelor group still by any means. Have you found any sign-making start to appear then, or do you think we're a little ways off that yet as far as scrapes and rubs? Um, I have found some rubs. Um, not crazy. A uh, few rubs have not done any kind of street searching as of yet. You know, when I'm not in the week, it's strictly hunting, and a lot of the areas they go into, it's either a hang and hunt scenario or I'm going in to kill. Um, so I haven't done a lot of venturing just because when the time's been right, I've been going in the kill. Going forward then is next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Wisconsin? A scale of 1 to 10, I think it's going to start picking up a bit. I would I would say a solid 6, possibly even a 7 year. Cold fronts moving in. I know Friday we're supposed to have a northwest wind and a high of 56. So Friday night would be a night I'm in the woods if I could still hunt. Congrats on the great deer, Dave, and thanks for joining me. Anytime. All right, and joining us on the line next is Adam Cruz from Down South Hunting Podcast in Tennessee. Now, Adam, in Tennessee, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm going to say, based off of trail cameras that I'm running on our private farm in the southern part of Tennessee, uh, the the movement's actually spiked, and I would put it at around a 7 or an 8 at this moment. Why do you think that movement has spiked recently? You know, I think it has a lot to do with where our trail cameras are positioned. Uh, they're on sides of, sides of ridges that hold a lot of acorns, uh, generally speaking, and I think we've got these cameras in really good good spots this year. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were barely getting any bucks on camera at all, just maybe a doe here and there. And then within the last week or two, uh, I'm getting hundreds of pictures of different different bucks i've probably got five new bucks that showed up on uh, camera within the last week not all of them are are mature bucks but you know just a a ton of deer activity and i really think it's around uh, the fact that the acorns are now dropping and those deer kind of moving into these traditional spots that they're in uh, this time of year how about other food sources do you think the deer right now are ignoring food plots and soybeans stuff like that 
I think it all depends on, you know, what the, the situation of the plot is. So on the, the soybean side, you know, if, if they're still green, uh, the deer will definitely be hitting them. And if uh, if I had access to soybeans right now on, on some private ground, that's exactly where I would be hunting uh, until they turn brown. You mentioned you run around a lot of trail cameras. Uh, that movement that you've been seeing, is it mostly daytime or nighttime? It's about 50-50, actually. Uh, but when I say the 50% of daytime, it's really, it's in that, that dusk and dawn type, uh, situation. So right, right at first shooting light, we'll have deer hanging around for maybe 20 minutes and then kind of the same scenario at the back half of the day, uh, the deer start showing up maybe 20 minutes before shooting light ends. Uh, and then I'm getting some pictures of some does during the middle of the day, but as far as buck movement during the middle of the day, I'm not getting just hardly any it, it mostly is at night and then uh right there at first and last light so uh, if we were trying to to get in on these deer uh, right now in the morning it would pretty much be impossible unless we picked their their right bed that they were going to and, and then we might be able to have some success uh really the the way to arrow a buck right now is to actually be able to hunt those evenings and, and get in there on them is that something you think will change over these next few weeks, or are acorns going to be the focus for a while? It's going to be my focus uh, all the way through October, really, and that's my main food source that I hunt on on my private uh, private land. And on public land, I got some other areas that I can hunt where there's some corn that's standing right now. And as soon as that's cut, you know, I'm going to be heading heading there as fast as I can, and hopefully beat everyone else there. Are you seeing any kind of ruddy activity in the woods to this point as far as scrapes or rubs? I'm not seeing any scrapes or rubs, but I am getting some uh, some deer on camera sparring, which is always really fun to watch and have, have pictures of that. Well, how do you think the weather changes things this time of year, if we get a good cold front or if a, a warm front comes through instead? You know, this time of year, I'm just not certain that the weather has that much effect when it actually dips, but when it's hotter i think that can really play in a hunter's favor if you have uh, a good source of water and you know where your deer are bedding and how they're getting to the water plus being there where food is nearby so if you have that combination of those three things the food water and bed i mean you've got a recipe for success and really this time of year i think is is one of the easier times of year to to kill a good buck in the state of tennessee uh that's when I've traditionally had the best encounters and, and killed my best deer. So I'm really excited what the next couple of weeks brings. And, and I, the, the hot weather doesn't bother me because I know where I know where they like to go get their water. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Tennessee? I'm going to say it's going to probably stay in that 6 to 7 range. Uh, the temperature, like I said, I'm not sure that it has much effect on deer movement right now especially but it is it is kind of lower temps than it has been so uh, if nothing else that excites me and it gets wants me to get in the woods more and you know having to fight that 100 degree temperatures uh, and all that sweat coming down that's not usually that much fun well look forward to hearing your updates on down south hunting thanks for joining me adam hey i appreciate it spencer it's truly a pleasure sir all right and joining us on the line next is jake gregis from daybreak ranch in south dakota now, Jake, in South Dakota, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Right now in central South Dakota, I'd probably say the, the buck activity is around a 6 out of 10. And I say that because 
they're still kind of transitioning from shedding their velvet into their fall ranges and and you still see some bears from the groups together and a lot of a lot more nocturnal movement yet uh all the crops are still standing for the most part uh so i would say it's still it's probably a six out of ten do you think those crops are going to be coming out anytime soon and how does your strategy change once the combines get going yeah we've had some some actually wet weather lately and that's kind of delaying the harvest a little bit some of the soybeans have been harvested already and i know there's corn fields that are, are ready to come out and actually some that were cut for silage already so that that changes strategy a little bit that's holding a lot of the deer uh the corn and sunflowers are are holding most of the deer at least right around here for us and as those start to come out those deer will kind of slide into the next best cover uh, nearest to that typically and so you might be looking to hunt if you were hunting field edges before you might might be hunting more of those cattail sloughs or or you know old abandoned farmyards where the deer slid away you know quarter mile from where that field where they they were living to the next best cover are you finding any sign making yet yeah just the last three four days we've really noticed uh, more more rubbing posts that we put out for the deer getting getting hit hard and the shelter belts have have rub lines starting to pop up along them and then and there's scrapes uh, or we're stumbling onto too so they're definitely starting to to work those rubs and scrapes well, a few weeks ago jake you uh, wrote a report for rut fresh and you talked about how when the crops are still standing like this that the bucks tend to do this thing where they have a like a transition bedding that they get up out of their bed late in the evening they'll bed down someplace else before dark and there's an opportunity there for hunters to to get a chance at mature deer will you talk about that a little bit sure yeah i actually witnessed it happen last night uh, i was sitting on a, a dugout a water hole tucked inside of a sunflower field and two bucks came in there and one came and actually drank the other one never did drink but uh laid down Right at the end of legal shooting, he actually bedded down right there in the grass next to the, the dugout. So we see that a lot. Um, it kind of makes it difficult to kill deer, especially when they're doing <laughs> something like that where they might might be killable for the last half hour of the day, but you got to be really right in their bedroom to do it. And right now, their bedroom is typically inside of these crop fields, so... It makes it pretty difficult unless you got a really nice tucked away spot where that buck feels secure and he's going to get up and, and maybe feed and just stretch his feet. seems like they'll, you know, they're feeding all day inside of a corn or sunflower field, snacking and bedding down. And it's almost like they, they just have to get up and move, but they're not, you know, they're not uh, confident enough to go out in the open where they, they might not be so secure until after dark. So, we actually see a lot of our, our better deer kind of in these secluded, uh, tucked away spots inside of a crop field. But that's something that you won't see as much once those crops do come out, correct? Well, they, they, they can do it all fall, but you really see it now when, when the crops are standing and they, they don't really have a, a mission to be on, per se, so... 
here as the fall progresses, those bucks will, will be more on the move and, and, and more killable on their feet longer. But in the summer, we see that the most when it's warmer, especially where they're, they're like, I, like I said, it's almost like their version of cabin fever. They, they just can't stand to be hidden in that crop field any longer, and they need to get out and move, but they don't want to move where they're headed for the, the evening quite yet. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity will be on a scale of 1 to 10 in South Dakota? I think from here on out it should only get better unless we get some really hot weather or something that might might make them move less. I would say in the next week or so it would probably be uh, a 7 or so out of 10. And you know, those bucks, are they're killable, but with this cold weather I thought that they would be uh, even more visible, but they're still moving pretty late in the evening, and and then you have to be pretty lucky to catch them right at first thing in the morning before they make it back to where they're going to spend the rest of the day. So I would say a seven out of ten for now. Well, good luck the rest of the season, Jake. Uh, I know you're going to kill a couple good deer this year. It's not even a matter of if; it's just when. So thanks for joining me. Well, hopefully, you too, Spencer. Appreciate it. All right, and joining me on the line last is Kyler Moppert from Louisiana Bowhunter in Louisiana. Now, Kyler in Louisiana, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, on a scale of 1 to 10, for our open areas are going to be uh, area 10, area 3, area 7. Um, we've got uh, a, pretty, a pretty substantial buck activity for this early in the season because, number one, those are the only areas that are open. So only about maybe uh, a quarter of the state is open for hunting. But the reason why that is is because that population of deer is more of a coastal population that is um, – in a different rut cycle, they rut a lot earlier in the year than uh, some of our other deer we have in the state. It would be comparable to maybe a Florida rut cycle of uh, a lot of their swamp deer. So um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably put it about a, a 5 or a 6 right now with the heat and a lot of oppressiveness uh, with the weather and just being out in the woods and uh, not being easy for them to want to move, pick up and move during the day. But um, the other parts of the state... Um, I would probably put it about a, a five or a six, mainly because there's no hunting pressure on them, but they're still not moving just because, I mean, it's still been 100 degrees down here. But the season opens up on Monday the 1st uh, for the rest of the season as well. Um, so this time of year, you know, people aren't uh, exactly that gung-ho about getting out in the woods because of you need about seven thermocells and almost an AC unit strapped to your back. But if you can get out in the woods – and you can sit in an area where you know you've got some um, some uh, rutted bucks moving through or you've got some bachelor groups moving through that haven't broken up yet, then you've got a pretty good chance of, uh, of seeing something. And how do those setups vary for those guys who are maybe hunting the rut right now versus everyone else who has an opener coming up on Monday? Um, you know, so we, we are a... Uh, we are a state that does have legalized feeding, um, and this is something that we actually talk a lot about on, on our podcast uh, that we've got. Um, that's kind of a hot topic for a lot of people in the country. Some people like it, some people don't. But the thing that's interesting about Louisiana is that we hunt areas that is so thick, you have zero percent chance of ever doing any type of spot and stalk any sort of setting up on observation stands i mean we're hunting thickets where you might only have one small hole to put an arrow in and so 
um, you've got to be able to bring those deer in close without having to track them all the time. But the, the setup is going to be um, pretty much the same. If you can attract the does, then you probably, and it's the rut, um, you can probably bring in some bucks in behind them. So what I and what a lot of people do is um, we're hunting 100 yards uh, from the feeder um, or hunting 100 yards from where we've ever, wherever the food source is that we're putting out, and we're trying to let the does pass and then focus in on the bucks that may be behind them, right? And uh, kind of get out of that circle, uh, if you will, that, that circle of vulnerability around your feeder where a buck might not come into. Get out behind that and hope that you're on the right trail for them coming in. Do those different deer populations in Louisiana uh, react to weather differently? Say you were to get a huge rainstorm for a few days, or if a cold front comes in, do you notice those two different populations acting differently when that happens? Absolutely. Um, you know, I would say rain is our number one uh, motivator for getting getting deer up and moving. Um, we're pretty uh, we're pretty level when it comes to weather. It's going to either be hot or it's going to be hotter. Uh, we don't have a, a whole bunch of cold fronts coming through. We don't have a whole bunch of, um, you know, huge temperature swings until maybe end of December, late January. Um, but uh, early in the season, if you're going to hunt from now until Thanksgiving, you pretty much know you're going to be in a short sleeve shirt and, and uh, in 80 to 90 degrees that you're going to be hunting in once the sun comes up. So, um, like I said, it's pretty pretty uh stable as far as weather for us uh, unfortunately it's stable on the hot end um but because of that the deer you do see a lot of um i, I wouldn't say a lot of it you do you do see primarily very crepuscular deer where they are only moving in the morning they're only moving in the evening and there's not a whole lot of hour or two after sunrise hour and two before sunset it is like right there with the sunset right there with the sunrise so a lot of very short hunts sometimes you know it's not really worth it to get out there at one in the one in the afternoon at this time of year a lot of times you can climb up at four thirty five o'clock hunt for an hour and a half until it gets dark and um and if you don't see anything in that time period just come back the next morning you know going forward then in this next week or so what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in louisiana Scale of one to ten, I think it's going to stay the same. I think it's going to stay a four or a five. Um, just this type of year, this time of year, with um, the type of weather patterns and the heat that we have, it's hard to to expect them to get up and, and move until uh, another month or two down the road. That's great intel, Kyler. Good luck on your approaching opener, and thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Thank you. And that concludes this week's episode of Wired to Hunts Rut Radio. Thank you to Dave, Adam, Jake, and Kyler for joining me, and thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure you follow Wired to Hunt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow at Spencer Newharth and at Rutfresh on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. The next time I talk to you guys, it will be October, and I'm so excited for all the rest of the states in the Midwest to open up. Good luck to everybody, and stay Wired to Hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules 
from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.